Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. One. Hi, peeps. Happy Tuesday. How's everybody? <laughs> Good morning. Happy Hello. Tuesday. Welcome to Fight Club. Well, welcome to Fight Club for business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, systems, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts, and we get to be joined this week by Libby DeLucian. And we are super excited to have you, Libby. She swooped in last minute and helped us out for um, covering a guest spot for us. So we were supposed to have um, Jeremy Brooke, and he will be joining us on another show. He just had some things that came up. So Thank you so much, Libby, for joining us. We're excited to have you. Do you mind just giving everyone a brief rundown of yourself and your business? Sure. Um, so I'm Libby DeLucian. I own a um, Organize It, and we are a professional organizing and residential cleaning company located in Fort Myers. And um, I also own Woot Recruit, uh, for most of you guys that probably already know that. And um, I also do uh, coaching for Debbie um, under CBF. And um, so as far as my cleaning company um, and organizing company, um, I've been based here in Fort Myers for seven years. I started just organizing and it was just myself and got this crazy idea that I wanted to start a cleaning company because I wanted to make money without working. <laughs> and uh, everybody always laughed. That was literally the thought that went through my head. Uh oh! You, you've heard the story about how Martha wanted to start a cleaning company to save money on taxes, right? So you're in good company here. <laughs> and I quickly realized I knew nothing about what I was doing, like nothing. I'd never used a cleaning company, never had one. My mom made us clean, you know, on Saturday morning. Um, and so I knew nothing about it. And um, yeah, it was it was a crazy thought at, at that time. But other than that, oh, I'm sorry. Other than that, I'm a mom. I have three kids. Um, they're 24, 14, and four. So yes. <laughs> one every decade. I like that one, spacing. <laughs> one every decade. I had one at 20, one at 30, and one at 40. And I think I was- Wow, good job. <laughs> and they're all born in April, right? They're all born in oh. April. I know, right? And none of them were planned, but they're very organized. So I can see- <laughs> They definitely yeah. get that from their mother, for sure. <laughs> and I think I just forgot what it was to like have a baby every 10 years. So I have three spoiled little brats because they're like three only children. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. So we, I'm excited to talk to you about all things. Uh, we'll talk about marketing today with me, Libby. But thank you so much for joining us. And for those just uh, joining us and first-time listeners, my name is Taylor Maroney. I own a power washing company in South Florida on the West Coast, so over in West Palm, um, with my husband. And my background is in marketing, and that's what I love and enjoy, and helping business owners understand those numbers behind marketing, how to plan for things and budget and make better decisions is, <clears throat> excuse me, really where my passion lies. So super excited to have you on the show, Libby, and welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Happy to be here. And my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. 
where I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I'm also the owner of Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting firm where you can outsource your nasty accounting tasks to me and my team. And I own a window cleaning gutter cleaning company with my husband, Jeff, uh, in Northern California. And I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to see you, Libby. Welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. Hey there, Libby. I'm Michelle Myers, co-owner of Pink Collars, where we can help you outsource texts and emails and phone calls and all that office stuff. I'm also elbow deep right now in getting ready for a large Christmas parade, and I reorganized all of it into several colored bins last week, and I'm feeling super organized right now. So I'm grateful to have you on the show. Welcome to Fight Club. And my name is Martha Woodward. And like Libby, I knew nothing about starting a maid service, but thought, yeah, I can do that. And uh, anyway, through lots of trial and tribulation, I survived. Um, I co-founded Quality Driven Software, and now I just help people build happier workplaces. So thanks so much for joining us, Libby. And uh, Tay is going to hit you hard with all her marketing. <laughs> oh, so hard. It's going to be such a tough section, Libby. <laughs> I will put a disclaimer out right now. I have a snoring pug in the background. He is knocked out cold. Can't wake him up. So he's alive. I should say that. He's not dead or anything. But he's just, if there's background snoring, that's what it is. Um but no, Libby, I'm excited to talk to you about how you transitioned your marketing from just strictly organizing into organizing and cleaning, because this is very common to see, right? Business owners love to add on services. They love to add on different features for their clients to be able to offer more and be able to be those companies that can do a lot more for them than just that one single service. So that transition had to have been a little bit difficult because it's kind of similar, but different types of services. So marketing wise, how did you transition your clients to getting to knowing that you're not just organizing anymore, but you're also able to clean their homes as well? So um, for us, the transition wasn't too bad. Um, we'd had a lot of people asking us for the service. That's where I'd gotten the, I, like where it first sparked. And um, so when it comes to marketing, um, you know, I was super small. It was just me and I had one other person and that was like four and a half years ago. And um, so it was just really using myself being out there. I did a ton of networking. So instead of constantly um, targeting those organizing projects, we went to really targeting cleaning being okay. our primary service and then retargeting those people for organizing. And the reason we did that is because cleaning was the recurring service where organizing is a one-off. It's constantly project-based, so you're always looking for that new client because uh, those projects are short-term. So uh, we shifted and almost primarily talked about cleaning, and we just added the word um, cleaning into our verbiage. So, you know, even we use Martha's QDS. So we use the words, you know, thank you for you know booking your cleaning and organizing service um, or cleaning and or organizing service. So um, just really featuring our, our cleaning and um, we really loved as we grew, we love to spotlight um, our, our, our employees. So you'll see like tons of pictures of our employees cleaning and social media. Um, but I mainly transitioned, honestly, I used to sit in a BNI chapter as an organizer and got very little work because no one understood 
the process of what an organizer does. So I switched seats and I sat in the cleaning seat, got a ton of work and slowly educated our current clients in what organizers do. This is beautiful. I love this. We like kind of flip flop things around a little bit to benefit the clients more, which is exactly what we're always looking to do, right? We're looking to make sure we're meeting those clients' needs and you heard your clients and you just adapted to make sure that you were meeting their needs first and then offering that add-on service to be able to, you know, completely edit their lives. I, I think of the home edit when I think of organization, like all the colors and the <laughs> boxes and everything that comes with it. And it's, it is definitely a, a would you say it's more of a luxury service or is it? Um, so that is why we switched to really targeting to attract people through cleaning and then educating them once we have them in our system. So like I use service autopilot for software. Like if you were to look at our leads and our clients, we have like 11,000 leads wow. and uh, 2000 clients that we've serviced. And we educate them through there, through like videos and emails that we do on how organizing works, because a lot of people had a misconception that organizing was for like the ultra wealthy or it was a luxury service. When in reality, it's really not, it's pretty affordable. And um, anyone can, can use the service. We sell it very a la carte. Like we just have a four hour minimum and um, you can have one session or 15 sessions. But people's conception about what organizing was, was what they saw on TV. So it was really hard for us to sell it or stand out or even think that the normal everyday people in Fort Myers could afford it. I could see that being a definite struggle. And I, it's sound, I mean, you're selling me. I'm about to call you after the show and say, hey, <laughs> can you drive to West Palm and organize my home? If you would have seen, Libby definitely saw the first part of the other half of this room, which is a disorganized mess right now prior to going live on the show. So I honestly, it is the key thing I hear you keep saying though is the education. And it's so important when we're looking at our marketing campaigns to know that the education is such a major factor in those campaigns, right? We can't just continuously sell 24 seven on our social platforms, on our website, on whatever email marketing campaigns you're doing. Education has to be included in that. And it has to be wanting the client to understand that these services are something that are for them, that are affordable for them, and that you can be able to successfully give them as a company. And it sounds like you made that transition so seamlessly and smoothly, which is beautiful to see. And really, we're able to, I I would assume, increase those lead generations for your organizing through that. Yes. So, um, it has tremendously helped us. So the, you know, one service feeds the other back and forth, but typically the cleaning really feeds that organizing. We're in their house. They already know us. If most people that have used a cleaning service will use, continue to use one. Um, so they already know, like, and trust us. And so it's, I was a little nervous when I first did it because the name of our company is called Organize It. And um, I quickly got over that because people don't care what the name of your company is. Um, And so we quickly got over that and um, it's doing great. We're actually the most rated, highest reviewed company in all of Southwest Florida, cleaning company in all of Southwest Florida. Wow. I think I saw you post a number recently of reviews. How many reviews? So it's total reviews. It's not just Google. It's 980 
five-star reviews across um, Google, Facebook, and Nextdoor. That's nice. Um, Great. Incredible. Yeah. Wait, what? Okay, I was at this thing talking about celebrations. What's the celebration when you get to 1,000? Because you're 20, you're 20 away. I'm 20 away. So it's a taco party. Actually, I've already sent emails to our clients saying it's cute. It's that my staff needs tacos. And that if we get to a thousand, we're going to have a taco and tequila party. So don't tell my insurance company. We're going to have a taco and tequila party. And so typically that gets us a jump because I did it like last year. And it's so incredible that the clients want to help the like our staff yeah. get there. Like they don't care about me, <laughs> but they love the staff, right? They love the people cleaning and take care, taking care of their home. And so that is um, an email that we sent out last week. And then we'll do one more this week um, to try to get that ramped up to get over the thousand. That's awesome. That's incredible. Okay. So I have to recap a few things because let me just dropped a ton of awesome, awesome knowledge bombs. So not only did you switch services, we went ahead and added on a service of cleaning we kind of flip-flopped what her main service was with the add-on. So we went from just organizing to cleaning and organizing. So that organization process became an education opportunity for her and her team to then be able to upsell their clients on. Then we were able to start increasing those leads coming in. Now she's been increasing reviews and she's able to now use her awesome customer base to really give back to her employees, right? So she's created a campaign around getting more reviews to then give her team that awesome taco and tequila party that we're not gonna tell her insurance company about. So I love this. It's a great, all of these things do land in marketing, right? So we're, we're marketing about what services you have, we're upselling them. We're also getting more reviews through giving back to your team for doing the amazing job that they do. And this is something that all business owners need to hear. If you need to hear this today, you need to start doing it. Celebrating your employees is so important. And I know, Martha, I'm not going to touch on your toes too much, but it can be used as a marketing option as well to be able to bring in those reviews. If that's something that you're wanting your um, employees to be working on, that can be a celebration opportunity for them as well. So I absolutely love this. And it sounds like your marketing brain is really dialed in and I'd love to chat longer if I could, but it sounds like we're just going to have to grab some coffee somewhere in Florida and chit chat um, at a later date because I do have to pass you to Megan. So that way you guys can start to talk a little bit of finances. I awesome. love it. I was asking because I was with uh, all these ladies a couple weeks ago and we had our first five-star week and I was like, I feel like I should do, what should we do? We should do this. And we had a hard time coming up with it. So I'm going to steal your taco party for when we hit a thousand. I love that. I'm not sure about the tequila part, but I also love that. So I'll have to figure out a way to make that work. Um, but thank you for sharing. I like to give options about what we're going to talk about. Um, and I'm feeling a little selfish about giving options because I think I know which one I'd like to talk about. But this is not about me. This is about you. So I'm going to give you three choices of what we can talk about in the money section today and choose the one that, that makes your heart sing the most and that you feel most excited about. Um, I spent the weekend with a bunch of cleaning business owners in California who had flown out for a goal setting workshop. And we talked a lot about this dance that owners play between leads and staff, leads and staff. And when you're setting a goal, you, we usually set like a revenue goal. And we're like, okay, I want to do whatever number. And so we talked a lot about this interplay between, okay, so to do whatever the number is, you need X number of leads. 
So you need to spend X dollars on advertising. I have this really cool goal setting calculator that also says you also will need X number of employees and you'll need to spend X number of dollars on recruiting. So because you have Woot Recruit, I felt like that could be a good topic that we could talk about. And because you've grown a cleaning company, you can bring it back as people are kind of headed into goal setting era. We could talk about that. Or I think you just survived a disaster. And that can be incredibly disruptive to a business. But I'm worried it might be too soon. So if you don't want to talk about that, we, we, can, we can avoid that topic. But if it's not feeling too soon, I think that there's a place of like hopefulness and, and learning that you could share with our listeners about how, how you could have been, how you were prepared for, how you could have been better prepared for, like thoughts that you wish you had known or wish you had done in advance. I feel like if you were in a place emotionally where you wanted to do that, that could be very helpful. Um, or you have multiple businesses and multiple kids. <laughs> you know, you, you have figured out how to organize growth and so I thought that you could also give a very good insight on how do we know when it's time to start the next business? How do we know when we're like our family can tolerate us starting the next business? We could have a discussion about that. So which of those three would you like to talk about on Fight Club today? Oh my gosh, I don't know. They were all great. <laughs> you, you, you could share I have info for all of them. <laughs> we, I don't um, know if we can cover all of them. I think we should just stick to one. Mm, so we could we could talk about the hurricane if you want. Um, it was very insightful and it was a very it was a learning process. Okay, are you feeling like now's a good time, or should we sure. have you back in like six months when <laughs> when it's not? No. So <laughs> I've already cried. I cried on social media. I've cried to everywhere. Like it was fine. I'm I'm over it. <laughs> okay, so I I feel like first of all I have to start with you know I'm I'm very sorry. This is. This was hard to watch and hard to see, and I imagine even harder to experience, especially as a leader. Um, I'd love to have this come from a place of anybody listening to this right now, this could be you. This could be you and your business. The things Libby's about to share could happen today, could happen next year, could happen in 10 years, or maybe they'll never happen. But I'm hoping that we can come from a place of like, what, what can we do to prepare for the terrible? and the unknown, and the unexpected, and the sudden. So what are some things that you wish, that, that you're proud that you had done? What are some things that you wish you had done? And what are some things that you're going to do now that you've survived a hurricane? Oh yes, we have some ch changes we need to make. But okay. um, quick backstory, um, I was getting on a plane the Tuesday before it hit to go to Las Vegas and um, to be a speaker. At a, giant, at a giant conference for the listeners. This was at a giant a, conference. Yes, like a seventeen thousand person conference. It was not a small thing. <laughs> so I was going to be a speaker, and um, my mom was keeping my children. And that Tuesday morning, they canceled school. And I told my mom, "Oh, I could just bring the kids. I already have the hotel. Like, I just got to buy them a ticket." And she's like, "No, it's fine. They're supposed. It's supposed to hit Tampa. <laughs> it's only category two. Um, by the time I arrived in Vegas, got to my hotel, went to sleep. It was late. And by the way, I did bring my husband um, with me. So we left our kids. Um, by the time I got there, went to sleep, I didn't check anything. I woke up on Wednesday morning and they had said it stalled. It is now almost a five and it is hit straight, headed straight to Fort Myers. Let's just say I started like I looked at my husband and I was like, oh my God, 
can I start drinking now? He's like, well, if it's a mimosa, it's not frowned upon. I'm like, you're not helping. So um, it was really, that put me in another bad situation, but let's get back to business. Um, from Hurricane um, Irma, we weren't that, we weren't that devastated by Hurricane Irma, but we were shut down. So what I did was I created a playbook. So it's essentially just a, a playbook. If you think of sports in, uh, in sports, we have an offensive playbook and a defensive playbook. So within your playbook, you have different processes. So I created an emergency playbook on how we prepare for any emergency. It doesn't have to just be a hurricane. And that's helpful. Um, just for a second for the listeners, like this could be a fire. This could be an earthquake. This could be a flood. This could be COVID. This could be, you know, this could be anything. So I need, if you're sitting there like from California, like we've never had a hurricane, use your imagination. This yes. is a disaster plan for an emergency disaster that we are all, we are all um, subject to. Like nobody is safe from an emergency disaster. Okay. So I highly recommend you just open a Google, Google Doc, like all my playbooks are in Google Docs. Open a Google Doc and start to document what happened the last time you went through a disaster, an emergency, anything. Because this taught us a ton of things. So we took what we learned from Irma, which was five years ago. We took what we learned from COVID, right, which was the beginning of two years ago. And we have it all in a playbook. So when I had left and I was in Vegas, I wasn't so worried about my business because they had the playbook. They covered up computers, they lifted up the furniture, right? Um, they did all of the appropriate things. They cleared the schedules. Even in our playbook, Megan, you're gonna laugh at me, but I freeze all the accounts. And it's part of our playbook because I have to protect the money because I don't know what's gonna happen. So every account gets frozen um, so also in our playbook, you know, it's canceling the schedules, clearing it. It's if we're, if schools closed, we're closed. Um, so the playbook really helped us get through this, but what I was more worried about was actually my staff in general, like their homes and those things you can't really include in a playbook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so we, we, you know, we got through it. We did miss some things in our playbook. Like we left a company car in the parking lot and it flooded. So we're like, Oh, Let's add that one to the playbook. Um, our, our roof fell in in our office, so we flooded from the top, from the top and the bottom because we had storm surge. My office is, mm. you know, three miles from Fort Myers Beach and another three miles from Sanibel. Mm. Um, so you know, we were flooded from both directions, and you know, we could have done some things a little bit better with preparing the office. But you don't like you would never expect it's going to flood from from both. Um, but it really you prepared for rising water they raised stuff right they prepared for what they knew to prepare for um, and I find this to be the empowering part of this exercise and I am so grateful that you're in a place that you're willing to share because I know there's somebody listening that's going to learn from this but the uncertainty can be crippling right mm -hmm. the fear can be crippling and by building out a disaster plan, by building out a playbook, and I love this, that's a very positive word to me, a playbook, right? Mm -hmm. Then you take back the power of something that you have no control over. 
Um, there's a couple of logistics that we haven't quite hit on, but I, I think you're getting there. And I'm trying to type up notes so that if somebody's listening to this and like, I want to read it, it will be in the show notes. But um, yeah. keep going. So with the playbook, it actually really helps your staff stay on track because they're going to operate from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. And so and if you think a disaster is never going to happen in five years, we've been through three. <laughs> right. It was Irma, COVID and then Ian. And um, it really helps your, your office staff know what to do, how to prepare so they're not just paralyzed. You know, in the playbook, we also have how we start communicating with our technicians because they start to operate from a place of fear as well. Um, And then you also need to have um, how much money you want to have saved projecting how many days you may be closed for, right? So most disasters, the most we've ever been closed for is about five days. And so you want to make sure that you have are you, you know, in your playbook, are you paying your staff? Do you have the funds in a separate account? Um, you don't have to freeze your bank accounts, but I just like froze everything until we could figure out what was going on. Cause half of our clients, literally half of my clients lost their house. They didn't even have a house to clean. Mm-hmm. So um, it was, but it also in your playbook, you have to have the reopen plan. Mm. Um, so we got hit on Wednesday and we opened on Monday Um, because there were houses that weren't affected. Right. Um, and so in the houses that weren't affected were closed up with people in their housing, other people that were evacuating or five days without power and water. So they needed to be cleaned. Um, so really just talking it through it's literally on a piece of paper but it's to guide your office staff on how to prepare how to communicate with the technicians how to coach them so that they're not fearful but also how to coach them into coming back to work i love this i mean i hate this i hate this for you but i love this idea of i mean what a what a strong leader libby like you had a plan and your team like, imagine, I, I can't imagine, like, you know, let's think about our employees. Let's think about how they live paycheck to paycheck. Let's think about how devastating this is from an emotional perspective of our children and our family, which you haven't even, I hope you circle back to your mom and your kids and everybody being okay. But like, let's think about how our staff have all of those feelings, right? That maybe they don't have a car that can drive through water, you know, like they're stressed about how am I going to feed my family next week because my paycheck is stalled. And imagine how that's not our fault as employers. I think that's something we learned during COVID, right? Like our responsibility is not necessarily to keep our staff paid. Our responsibility is to keep our company strong so that we can keep paying staff. And in disaster, that can be very stressful. And what you, what you've done is you've said, very, it sounds like honestly, transparently, humbly, this is what I can do. This is what the company is prepared for. And this is my plan. And I feel like what happens when as a leader, you can say that just like that, even though you're hurting, even though you said, you you said just casually, you lost half of your client base, (laughs) like half of your client base lost their homes completely out of your control. But this is what we can do, guys. That's amazing. That's, that's incredible. and inspiring. what I also heard because we are in the finance section is she did have a little money squirreled away and she did have a plan proactively about what she was willing to spend and what she wasn't willing to spend. And willing might sound like a strong word for some of you listening, but as an owner, as a leader, this is your job. 
you have to have a budget. You have to have a plan. We were just doing, because we're headed into rainy season. And so we were just doing this for our company. Do we pay for a rainy day? Do we not pay for a rainy day? How do you educate the, the team, whether you're paying for the rainy day or not? Uh, this is all part of leadership, I think, is just communicating and coming up with a financial plan so that you have the money saved or not. And if you are a business owner sitting there going, oh my gosh, I don't have five days of savings or, oh my gosh, I couldn't pay my staff if I was closed. That's okay. Now, you know, and you can make a plan. You can work a plan to change that. If you don't like that answer, you can change that answer. Hopefully before the next disaster strikes for you. Um, and, and just something real fast on the pay. We didn't pay them their whole week of, of pay. You know, we gave them what we had set aside because we had a plan um, the other thing we did was pay them something, right? But we also fed all of our staff. Um, I was blessed that many cleaning companies donated tons of food and supplies. Um, and so they kept my staff clothed, fed, and um, which really helped in, um, offset some of that cost that they were going to endure for not working for almost a week. I, I really, I really find that powerful. Um, there's something about as a leader, when we serve our staff, particularly when we serve our staff food, there's just something magical and amazing that happens. Um, and I remember distinctly, if you're listening, there were, there were a couple of owners where we were talking through, what do we do with our staff when COVID hit? And when we did layoffs and we knew that they didn't have grocery money, like what, what, what are our options that are available to us? So Oh, I know that the show that might have felt like a heavy turn for people listening. Um, Libby, what what are you grateful for from this experience? Can you, can I you mean, some, some things because it sounds like you had a, there was a lot of positive things in this disaster in this terrible, terrible disaster. So one thing I can say, it's like going through COVID, but not. Um, I have a mentor, I have several mentors, but one of them, he says, you know, don't miss a good disaster. Don't, don't miss a good recession because you're going to grow through it. And what doesn't kill us is going to make us stronger. Um, even though we lost a lot of our clients, we are exactly back up to where we were at before the hurricane. Um, we've gained oh. new clients. Yeah. Wow. We've gained new clients. Um, we're doing a ton of, you know, one-time cleans, but I think I, I hit social media and I'm really grateful for um, my friends, other clean business owners I know, and especially my office staff. Um, they never missed a beat. They worked on weekends. They were working over 40 hours a week, um, trying to help people, trying to help our staff, handing out food, handing out clothes. Um, Joanne Brocky is a business owner in St. Pete and She's made two trips down here to bring donations that she has gathered for us, for our staff and for the people in Fort Myers. And when I say she's made two trips, she brought like six truckloads each trip. Wow. <laughs> um, and so it's just been a very insightful um, journey. And I feel it's, it's we, we lost only like one employee during through this whole process. So the staff has stayed um, and so it's been a learning process to like what I made mistakes on and what we need to do next time, but also saying, oh, like, okay, we did some things. Okay. <laughs> we did some things right. Um, and really just being grateful for the people that I have around me. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate that. And I know that our listeners have learned from you. I hope that they actually implement because this disaster planning is hard because if you're in a 
reactive state in your business where you're putting out fires all the time, it's hard to carve out time for the what ifs. But I, I hope that you heard from Libby. She was grateful she did. Her team was grateful she did. And that she was able to tell this story with this outcome because she did. So um, I'm going to leave that there. I, I have to selfishly put in this plug. Um, if you find yourself in this goal setting phase of life, getting ready for 2023, and you have figured out what your revenue target is, and you have figured out how many leads you need to hit that target, and you are struggling with being aware of how many staff you need to hit that target, I, I want you to reach out to Libby and Woot Recruit. Um, when I met Libby the first time and she, I was really questioning her kind of aggressively, like, what is Woot Recruit? What does it do? You're like, that like, Megan, she's kind of mean. I'm scared of her. Oh, a lot of people tell me this. I'm actually working on it right now. Martha just called me out on this recently. I've learned like, <laughs> questioning mode. I'm very aggressive. So I apologize, Libby. But I like to know. I'm learning about myself. I just want to know. What is it? The, what, what she described to me, what I heard, what I still remember from six months ago was that their strength is helping you scale quickly with staff. If you need to grow to hit a growth goal, if you need to grow to hit a stretch grow goal, if you are trying to hit a financial goal and you need staff to do that, what I heard from that aggressive questioning was Woot Recruit is the people to talk to. So I'm just going to leave that plug there. We didn't have time to actually talk about it back and forth. But um, if you find yourself needing staff in 2023, please reach out to Libby and her team and they can they can help you. Awesome. Thank you. I actually have this cool little calculator that will tell you how, how many applies you even need to reach your goal, your financial goal. Oh, wow. Exactly. And I, I have one too, and mine's tied to recruiting spend too. So like, how much money do you have to spend? So reach out to Libby. She will give you your exact applicant number for next year so that you can just crush those 2023 goals. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pass to Michelle. Hey there, Libby. Um, thank you for being so transparent and sharing all of this difficulty. I, I want to piggyback off of what Megan started talking about and uh, check in on some of the systems that you had that worked and helped you with continuity of your business and some that got broken in this time because that would might be helpful for people to see what really helped carry you through but then also maybe what you needs a little bit of touching in the tech space or in the system space so tell me about those things please <laughs> so the things that worked through this disaster or yes just in general okay through this disaster yeah so um some of the things that worked and didn't work so <laughs> So, okay, this is going to sound really funny, but um, the things that didn't work that we were not prepared for was the loss of internet. <laughs> um, we have no hard phone line and we still to this day have no internet. Wow. Um, and so we were not prepared for that and we had no system to back us up. Um, and so therefore your phone shut down. Um, yeah. You know, we're working on hotspots. I'm actually on a hotspot right now talking to you guys. Wow. Um, but it's paralyzing and you don't even think about it. Right. So that yeah. oh, we, we missed that whole thing. We didn't even have a system for like a backup to the phones. Wow. Okay. And so it's not like, um, oh, just call Comcast. There's a four week wait list. And so they're actually here today. I've been on the wait list for four weeks. Oh, yay. <laughs> yay. Oh yeah. But it's, it paralyzes your business. I mean, yeah. it just like, it's like taking away internet 
takes the breath away from your business. Yeah. Oxygen actually takes yeah. away the oxygen. But one of the things that we did do that helped us that worked was uh, we had recently just added a phone um, an answering service um, to just help some overflow for the busy season. And sure. we had that in place before the hurricane hit. So I highly recommend that if you don't need, if you don't think you need an answering service, get one anyways <laughs> for an emergency. I love that. That's so good. Yes. Um, what about your CRM and people being able to continue working? How did that kind of evolve? So luckily um, we, we do use service autopilot. So everyone had somewhat cell reception. The first few days cell reception here was super bad, but sure. um, they could still kind of log in and get that information. Um, we're hundred percent cloud-based. So um, there's no paper in my office. If I hear the printer, I'm like, who's printing? <laughs> um, I love that. I'm going to charge you per sheet. Um, <laughs> So that wasn't too bad as in, um, you know, getting the technicians because we opened that following Monday. So that wasn't too bad. Where we found the most difficulty was um, we didn't have a system to to um, make sure the clients were getting the notifications that their their cleanings were coming. Because not only did we didn't have Internet, um, inter you know, cell service was down and Internet was down in some places. So they would call us that they want service. Um, but our notifications weren't getting to them from service autopilot because they didn't have, um, they couldn't access email. Um, one thing that we did do that worked, a system that we had was, I checked my Google uh, Analytics and Google AdWords daily. And I noticed a extreme decline in our Google AdWords. And so, and I added this to the playbook guys, every single person in the world was on social media. Yeah. Ooh, so good job. In that we pivoted and put all of our money from Google AdWords. We didn't turn it off. We just decreased the spend over to um, Facebook and our Facebook increased over 600% um, wow. during those, two, during that first week to two weeks after the hurricane hit. And I think that's really what helped us continue to grow and find new clients that needed cleaning. Um, so that was a process that I do every day. I check Google AdWords and adjust based on, and I check um, meta. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that, I mean, it was just a drop. And I was like, well, they have to be somewhere. Where are they at? Yeah. Well, where am I at? I'm on Facebook. Yeah, that's huge. Um, so everybody who's listening, that's really important to hear that even through a scary time, you're still looking at your business analytics. You're still letting the data drive what's happening in your decision-making. That is so huge. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. I am going to add a resource as part of our homework. I've found something. I actually built a Trello board several years ago called the Business Continuity Plan. And it has a lot of this stuff. So I'm I'm thrilled that I'm actually revisiting it. Um, and so I'm going to share it at the end. And for now, I'm going to pass you over to Martha and she'll talk to you about all the people stuff. Thank you so much, Libby. Real quick, I want to add something. When, when you're going through like a disaster or a hard time, I mean, we all learned this during COVID. I think I worked more during COVID yeah. than I ever worked in my life. Yeah, true. And so I felt like that was the last month of the hurricane. I worked more in Organize It that I'd ever worked in this business in probably the last year because I don't do much in here anymore, but the business needed me. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's so, so good. So good. Thank you. Thank you so much.
Yeah, that is awesome. Well, Libby and I are fellow Oklahomans. And uh, I want my breaks just for you. I know. I love it. <laughs> fellow Oklahomans, fellow service autopiloters, fellow maid servicers. And we didn't know what the heck to do about a maid service in the beginning. So uh, lots of commonalities. But the other commonality is I feel like we're both people people persons and uh I was like and, you are both people Martha good job congratulations <laughs> people people I don't know uh you celebrate your staff a lot and I see that and I and I really saw it you know with your social media after the hurricane um and I want to talk about, like you mentioned with Tay on the marketing side, you mentioned how you're going to celebrate all those reviews. You are very good about celebrating your staff and recognizing them. So let's talk about that because some people need ideas. They need inspiration. So um, have you always been good at it? Um, no, I haven't. And the reason why is because I I don't need right that right. Um, I'm kind of like a, well, we're all business owners, right? We don't need those words of affirmation or gifts. I need acts of services. That's mine. Um, if my husband does the dishes, you know, I'm happy. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so um, no, I didn't know how to do this. It was a great learning curve and it's something that I have to practice on a daily basis, whether it's with my children or with staff or with the Uber recruit staff or the organizing staff. Um, it's not because I don't care. So right. we, we practice EOS and organize it. And um, one of the leadership members gave me a minus on our, on their core value of caring. <laughs> And I wanted to cry, like I was just sitting in that meeting and you can't say anything, right? But I wanted to cry because um, they send, they they since changed it because they just said I come off different right, than most people are used to. And they were, they were super new, um, but it, it's definitely a learning curve. So I had to do a lot of reading. Um, I used to have to set reminders in my phone <laughs> to, to recognize people and um, I really love that the book, the, the, it's the, um, it's not the five languages of love, but it is for working. It's the five right. appreciations of the workplace. Um, yeah. And so like, I had to set reminders on like, this is, you know, I have to, you know, give some recognition, not just recognition, but in detail and show them appreciation. Um, and then from doing that, uh, we have a playbook on that too. So now um, my office kind of leads that and organizes it. Right. Sounds like you do something similar. Uh, Liz Trotter has a tally sheet uh, and on each office person's desk and they have to, you know, make a tally mark uh, at least, I guess it's once a month. I don't know. Really. Um, but anyway, I think that's really cool. And uh, I'm like you, I didn't start out that way, which is kind of funny since I'm 
you know, all about culture and taking care of your people now, but like everything else, I've learned the hard way. And I can remember a point where it was kind of like I stumbled on it by accident because like you, I don't really need it. And I'm just uh, like, let's, let's the facts, ma'am, you know, and be down and dirty and not a lot of fluff. But I remember, I remember being able to change some behavior because I accidentally praised them at a meeting or something like that. And then that's kind of when that light bulb went off uh, that I recognize that like you, maybe I don't need it, but this really works. <laughs> You know, and I thought it, it's not like I didn't think it. I just wasn't good about verbalizing it and lifting them up. So that's really good. That's really good. Um, so you asked for a couple ideas that we yeah. have? Or we yeah, have? let's hear them. Um, so we do um, inspection. We have a, an inspection rewards program. So it's it's like positive reinforcement. Uh -huh. um, so we have little wooden tokens and a perfect inspection. They get, um, I think it's four tokens, four or five. But each token represents they passed a certain part of the inspection. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we don't ever really focus on what they missed. We just focus on what they did right. Mm -hmm. And then they're gonna ask us why they didn't get like the fifth token or the fourth token. And we can say, oh, well, you know, because of this or because of that, you know, oh, you, you know, maybe you weren't in uniform or your supplies weren't tidy. Um, and then they can hand those tokens in for um, stuff at the end of the month or the quarter if they wanna save them up. And so they really like that. It's it's more on the positive reinforcement side than constantly pointing out what they're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. um, one of my cleaners actually made up the program and did a phenomenal job at creating it. She has the inspection sheet. There's a big poster in the um, in the um, inventory room on how it works. And then the other thing we do is kind of like I saw your guys' Girl Scout um, vest. Yeah. yeah, I thought they were cute. Um, it, we give out pins and they pin to their apron and their our employee recognition program. And oddly enough, I got the idea from the Waffle House. Oh my gosh. If you've never like really looked at the employees, the Waffle House, like look at their shirts. They're all wearing a different shirt. They all have certain kind of pins mm -hmm. and um, it's my 14 year old's favorite restaurant. So whenever he picks, that's where we go. <laughs> like, um, but you know, I would start to, I would ask questions. I'm like, what does that mean? Or why does she have that shirt on? And then I was doing research and they have amazing like employee programs at the Waffle House. I mean, their employee retention at Waffle House <laughs> is phenomenal. Wow. That's, that's impressive. It, and so Elena's favorite restaurant too. <laughs> Uh-oh, we lost you for a second. Um, yeah, we 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 got to where we didn't have to do very many random, like in the beginning when I was turning quality around, we inspected all day long, you know, because we were trying to turn that around. Um, but 
we got to where with our inspections, so we always kept a cooler of drinks, non-alcoholic, since we were talking tequila earlier, uh, drinks and snacks. And so everybody, no matter what your inspection was, everybody got something um, so that it was, I don't know, it was, so we could kind of make it not a social visit, but you know, um, and then if they had a perfect score, then they got a, the top banana award when they got back. And, uh, so yeah, it's fun to do those things. And, uh, it's kind of one of those things that you have to do to make sure that you have your eye on the ball, but you find creative ways to still lift them up, even if there were some things. So that's cool. That's yeah. Great. And we don't nearly do as many inspections. Uh, we use quality driven. So yeah, it, it helps. I will say that's the nice thing about when you're watching your quality, whether it's through quality driven or something else, when you're watching your quality, that will help. Just like you looked at Google analytics to tell you, okay, the traffic is not there with quality driven or whatever you are seeing where you need to direct your attention. So you don't have to check everything all the time. So that's, that is good. And the shirt idea, I, I love that. Um, I, Sarah Thompson was one that um, had like the trainers have special shirts that say trainer across the back, which I always say, I don't know about everybody else's office, but the trainer is like the short straw. People didn't want to train because it slows you down and, you know, all those. And you have to kind of correct people and that's not comfortable for a lot of people. So anything you can do to lift that trainer up to where, oh, I, I want that position, you know, is a good thing. So I'm going to pay more attention. Uh, Delena loves the Waffle House. Uh, so if we ever go to a Waffle House again, they're not my area. Uh, I'll have to pay attention. Because that's cool. Back when, uh, back when I waited tables in college, they called that flare. That was all your flare, was all your pins. Yeah. So it actually has a name. That was your flare. <laughs> wow. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. Well, and we could go on and on. Tay, I'm going to pass it back to you and we'll start the homework, et cetera. You got it. Well, that was awesome, Libby. And thank you again yeah, for just being so, so open and vulnerable with us today. You're incredible and you've been through so much and you have a community supporting you and we're absolutely a part of that community. So thank you. Um, as far as the next section of the show goes, what we do now is we are going to assign you some homework. We do want this to not just be a podcast you listen to, but a podcast that you actually put into action what you've listened to. So this accountability piece is about to be about four to five pieces of homework. So Libby, you're more than welcome to add some at the end. Um, so you can kind of see how the segment goes. And we do ask you just to please choose one piece of homework this week. It's very important that you execute on this and move the needle forward in your business. So whichever of these topics speaks to you the most, that's the one we hope that you choose and execute on over this next week. So marketing homework is 
Libby, you know, the, the heart of what Libby talked about today was really education, right? It was educating her clients on the new service she was bringing in, adjusting services around to make sure that she was adding in more options for education for that service that seemed to be luxury, but she wanted her clients to understand that it really is for everyone. So my challenge for you this week is to take a look at your services and take a look at how you can better educate your clients on those through your marketing. So how can we create posts? How can we create blogs that are able to educate your clients more on those services to allow them to see that that is a benefit that they can add in for um, another service with you or whatever um, options you're looking to move forward in the future. So education is really going to be the topic today for marketing. And Megan, we'll go ahead and take over finances next. Uh, so mine is not really a finance homework, but I, I I feel like it's still going to be appropriate and helpful. I loved this idea of building a playbook. Um, and and I, I understand when as owners were in like disaster recovery mode, not from an actual disaster, but from like the day-to-day -day chaos that is our business, how it's very hard to like carve out an hour or two to plan for something that most of us think like, ah, oh, well, that's not going to happen to me. And it might happen to you. So here's what I'm going to challenge you to do instead. I'm going to challenge you to open a Google Doc and invite your key staff to join you and just have a what if hour. And I want you to write down all the what ifs. And I'll share that I feel I don't even want to say it out loud, but we, we've not been through an natural disaster aside from COVID with Jeff likes windows yet, but we were stuck in this grind of everybody needed us, Jeff and me. And so when we did this, what if document that one, what if document, it was one hour that we spent with our team. That is the reason that Jeff was able to be out for seven consecutive weeks last year. That what if document empowers your team to just think through like, what happens if a vehicle catches on fire? What happens if the office floods? What happens if the you know alarm system goes off? What happens if the internet goes out? What happens if our phone system goes out? What if? And you as the owner, I don't think you can think of all the what ifs. I mean, maybe you're like me and you're pessimist and you can think of a lot of what ifs, but I'm encouraging you to use your team. And it, it turned in the beginning, it was really weird because like we have a lot of young staff and they think that nothing's ever going to happen. But then they really got into it because they're like, really there's no bad idea I, there's no crazy ideas and so we just put all these what ifs down and what you're building out is actually kind of a playbook and it's less daunting and it's realistic because what happens if somebody gets bit by a dog what happens if you know uh the gas cards don't work in the boss what happens so you can go through this exercise and i'm going to challenge you this week to do that and hopefully that will be the beginning of a disaster plan hopefully you will start planning for the inevitable, the next disaster. And if not, best case scenario, your team has a knowledge base of answers to questions when the next crazy thing happens in your company, because I can guarantee you something crazy is going to happen in your company. And it's almost always when you're headed on a plane out of town, <laughs> away from your business, right? Okay. So your homework is come up with a what if document and don't do it by yourself. Invite your team to participate and make it kind of fun. What happens if? I have a little bit to, to, to contribute to that because a lot of times as owners, we want it perfect. Or like, well, I don't want to do it until it's perfect. Or um, 
the key is, like Megan said, invite your office staff because they have to contribute. So Google Docs are the best. But right behind it, put a dash and put draft. Mm. so that you know and all the office staff knows it's in draft and guess what then it's okay if it's not perfect it can be in draft for three months and once you're done change draft to active mm. yeah, that's good i love that that's great i that's also great. am going to add that reminded me um you don't have to have the answers for all the what ifs so some of the super crazy ones you can just write them down but you don't have to have the answers for all the what ifs. So yeah. um, I love that. And I just edited this comment and said a what if draft document, and then we can switch it to active. That's great. So that's your finance homework that doesn't feel finance at all, but <laughs> will help. I feel like I, I live in draft. I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then your systems homework is uh, to put that, all of that draft stuff into a, a Trello board. And so I'm just sent one over by a uh, private chat to you, Megan, for the comments. So I built one a few years ago. Like I said, I just kind of cleaned it up while we were talking and it might give you an idea of how to collaborate with your team on something that's a little more visual or has those Google docs embedded in it. So I'm going to have you do that as well. And I will post that homework in the group as well. Okay. And then, um, I think I'm going to ask you to, for your people homework, I'm going to ask you to come up with kind of a uplifting way that you can do these random inspections. Like um, we made ours a little bit of a social event is a bad word, but <laughs> you know, uh, Hey, celebrating you i'm bringing you snacks i'm bringing you like so that you can be excited to see me the field manager or whoever and i'm not all bad and oh by the way we're gonna inspect this job so uh come up with a way to make those quality inspections not all negative and that's your homework from me uh libby would you like to give some homework um, actually it would go along with Tay's marketing homework. So I would love to challenge you guys to do a video that in, in that education realm, no one can educate our clients like, like you, like the owner. So I challenge you to start making video to help educate your clients on your services and some of the add-ons that you do. I love that. I'm taking a Facebook ads course and it's all content marketing, you know, all content marketing. So that's yeah. very relevant. And it's all moving to video. So Libby's homework could not be more appropriate for the time frame that we're in right now. Mm, love it. That's the so systems. I meant services. I'll fix it, but I can't fix the comment. Sorry. <laughs> Still waking up. <laughs> So Libby, if someone does want to get into contact you, AKA myself, so we can get coffee, what is the <laughs> best way for our listeners to get into touch with you if they have more questions? Um, so my email is pretty simple. It's LibbyDelucian at gmail.com. I mean, I have other emails, but that's just an easy one to remember. Um, or Facebook Messenger. Um, believe it or not, I, I check it as often as I check my email. So you can always Facebook message me. Um, I'm also, believe it or not, the only Libby DeLucian in the world. 
Um, so wow. if you Google my name, <laughs> if you Google my name, um, a lot of, you can get it, you can get it, you can find wow. stuff about me to contact me. That's a crazy fun fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I think um, at this point, we're just going to go ahead and wrap up with a quote. So Michelle, yeah, we do for us and it's always and I, something super on point. <laughs> I love this one. I think it feels very much like you, Libby. Persistence and resilience only come from having been given the chance to work through difficult problems. And that's Giver Tully is the man who said that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Libby. You are the uh, epitome of survivor and somebody who has become resilient through these times. So thank you again. Awesome. Thank you guys Bye. for having me. Okay, everybody have a super day. Keep fighting Bye. out there. Bye. Go fight. Go fight. Bye. <laughs> next week, Libby. With Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.